from heaven's throne, acquainted with our sorrow, to train the dead we owe, your suffering for our freedom. Take a few minutes, and as these couples are 
uh, moving up here uh, with their children. A reminder to all of us of what this is. There are some, some uh, particular faith systems that believe that this is like baptizing a child. This is not, this is a parent-child dedication. We don't even call it a baby dedication because it is really a time for you as parents to commit yourselves to raise your child in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So it's really a commitment for you guys, and it's fun for us to get to know you a little bit better. I know this is really awkward, but I want you to be a little bit more comfortable because this is one of the most stressful times of my whole year. This stresses me out so much because I know I'm going to forget your name, your kid's name. I'm going to say something wrong. So I'm going to give you a chance to mess up now. We're going to give you a microphone, and we'd love for you to tell us how you came up with the name. And it, it may be something significant, uh, or it may just be that you liked the name. You guys got this one on? Uh, Marcus, Carrie, we'll start with you guys. Okay. And who wants to explain the scenario? Okay, Carrie, you go for it. There we go. Okay, his name's Seth Cooper Johnson. And which does he go by? He goes by Seth. Seth, okay. Yeah, and it was a biblical. Um, we, I just, he was my last, uh -huh. and I wanted to name him something special. So. All right, and <laughs> Seth was supposedly the last one. Yes, of, of, yeah. yeah. I got you, mm -hmm. great. Thank you for sharing that. All right, Brian, you want to yeah. take a whack at it? Yeah. Uh, his name, he, his full name is Carson Kent Kirk. He goes by Kent. Uh, Kent was my grandfather's name, and my grandfather passed away six weeks after she was born. And I wanted wow. to carry the name on, and what that's how we came up with his, his name. That's great, man. Thank you for sharing that. How about for you guys, Logan, Adrian? Her name is Charlotte Lee Terrio, and both of our grandfather's names are Charlie, and so we want to honor our grandfathers by naming her Charlotte. And my middle name is Lee, so we wanted to give her my middle name. Very good. Thank you. A little combination. You need to say something there, Charlotte? Would you like to add to that? <laughs> Catherine, Matt. This is, mine. Uh, this is oh. Graham Douglas Intrican, um, and it was just the only name we could agree on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those are great stories, too. Those are great stories, too, because we've all been there. Uh, yeah, I think for our kids, I basically just said, whatever you think, hon, it's, uh, it's good with me. Well, you have a bag there that's really important, and it represents uh, your role as a parent. Inside the bag, you will find a Bible, and that Bible is a reminder to you. It's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a keepsake Bible, but remember that the Bible is to, use, to be used not to put on a shelf somewhere, but to be integrated, and as we'll talk about in the message here in a few minutes, integrated into the very heart of your child, and it's your responsibility to do that. You're also going to find a letter in there that tells you about the the, the commitment that we are making as a church to pray for you today, and we're going to do that in a minute, that we as a church family are agreeing to pray for your child, that they will come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior very early in life. And there's also a note in there that I signed and you signed, committing yourselves to raise your child in the instruction of the Lord. I want you to make this commitment with me. It's found in Ephesians chapter 6. Speaking to the fathers, so, so men... Recognize, first of all, that you have the greatest responsibility of all to make sure that your family follows hard after God. But it's also a command for wives as well. Bring your children up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Do you all agree to do that? That's why you're here. And the church is going to be a great avenue and help for doing that. Now, never forget, you are the primary 
providers of faith training for your kids. But the church is here to assist. We live in a time in which most people, most people, most Americans, think of the church like a convenience store. You only go to it when you need it, and it costs more than you want, and they never have what you need. And that's pretty much how people look at church. But I want to encourage you guys to start your life right by bringing your children to church in addition to what you're doing at home. So we as a church are going to commit to stand by you as you raise your kids in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Will we do that as a church? Say we will. Yeah. And now we're going to all kneel together and we're going to pray. You guys just stand right there. We're going to kneel and pray for you and for your children that they would come to know Christ very early in life. So let's kneel down as a church family and pray for these. Father, what a privilege on this Mother's Day, any day, just to see the beauty of children, the gift that they are, the creation that you have made, life that is provided. And to see little Graham and Seth and Kent and Charlotte, to know that there is a whole lifetime laid out in front of them. I pray that you would guide their parents, give them a passion and a desire to follow hard after you themselves, not to try to teach something that's not in their heart, but God, that they would place you in their heart. They would follow hard after you and their kids would see that and they would follow that example. We pray that for each of these children very early in life, they would come to know and understand you as Lord and Savior of their life. They would allow you to redeem them from their sins and give them eternal and abundant life. So here we are as a church family, praying for these families, asking God that your favor and blessing would be upon each one. In Christ's name we ask, amen. Thank you all so much for coming down. And I did, did fail to mention, you got a little book in there that's, you know, they say they don't come with instruction manuals. Here's a little instruction manual, so be sure and read that. Proud of you guys. Well, let's all continue with our time of praise and worship to the King. Let's Sing together in the sweet by and by. There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. In the sweet sing on that beautiful shore the melodious songs of the blessed and our spirit shall sorrow no more not a sigh for the blessing of rest in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore Father above, 
show with just your voice and sing that chorus again. God, we just ask now that your hand be here in this place. Your spirit move in our hearts and our lives. You are the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. We love you and we thank you for that. Speak to our hearts now. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Are right, you guys ready? Anybody coming down? I'm counting on you guys today. I need some smart kids up here. Now they're coming. Say what? 
there's one over there. Ready? How's that? There we go. All right. Now, what I want you guys to do, because I know you're so smart, is I want you to help me figure out this particular song. You may have seen this maybe on the radio or a game at school in which we're going to play just a little bit of a song, and we're going to try to figure out what that song is. Okay? You ready? Here's our first clue. Tangled? What is that? Wow. Let's let's try one more clip, okay? Let's try one more clip. Still a little sapling, just a sprout. Think you have it? Think maybe tangled? Okay, let's try one more clip. You know why we sung this in church? Let, let's make, let's see if we have one more clip. I don't know if we have one more. Guess I always knew this day was coming. Knew that soon you'd want to leave the mast. It's I'm not sure it's not one of these hymns that we've been singing. Let's try one more clip, see if we've got it. Soon, but not yet. Trust me, pet. Mother knows best. What is it? Ian was right, right from the beginning. He had it. What is the name of the song? Mother knows best. And Ian won. He got it right in the very beginning. Well, I wanted you guys to hear that song because it reminds us of an important thing about Mother's Day is that moms do know a lot, don't they? Did you know the Bible tells us that? We just read to some, some parents of little kids and we read from Ephesians chapter 6. But you know that chapter begins by saying that children, are any of you children? Okay. Children, obey your parents. Honor your father and mother. You know, one of the reasons that God tells us to do that is because our moms do know a lot. Our dads know a lot. And they usually do know what's best. But I want you to listen very closely during the message to see if there's something else that maybe is a little bit better even than your mom. Now, are you all listening? Always obey your mom. Pastor Raymond did not say don't obey your mom. But there's something even more important to obey, and I want you to listen for that in the message. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for these kids. Just the fun that we can have together to be reminded of some very important truths, and may they always remember that your word does tell us to obey our parents, to honor them in every way. 
Thank you for the parents that you've blessed these children with, the ones that they are fortunate enough to have in their life to give them guidance and wisdom. And I pray that their parents would indeed follow hard after you and lead them in the ways of the Lord. May your favor be upon them, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. All right, y'all can go. better? Is it on? Good, thank you. I'm very grateful for those guys in the back who uh, keep us in business. At moments like that, when we don't have something going, we're reminded of how important their role is. Well, happy Mother's Day to all of you moms. What a great day for us to be able to gather together and celebrate the gift that God has given in motherhood. You know, each time this day rolls around, it's, it hits all of us in a little bit different way. For some of us, it's a terribly exciting day because maybe this is indeed the very first Mother's Day to be a mom. So it's so exciting. Uh, for others, it's fun because we have a wonderful relationship with our mom and we're either going to spend time together in person or we're going to be able to speak to them on the phone. But also for some of us, it can be a little bit difficult. Maybe you wanted to have children and you haven't yet had that opportunity or it never did happen for you. Some might feel the weight of a relationship that didn't turn out the way that you would actually hoped. Maybe you don't have a meaningful relationship with your mom or as a mom, you don't have a meaningful relationship with your children. And most of you know that today's challenging for me because my mom has Alzheimer's. And so there is this mixture of presence as well as absence whenever I'm with her, and thankfully I'll be able to be with her in a few hours later today. It's also a very exciting time for us as a family because our daughter is expecting our fourth granddaughter any day, maybe even today on Mother's Day. So that adds a little bit of excitement. So as I think of our daughter getting ready to have her fourth child, it reminds me of something that very uniquely happened in France in 1920. They were coming out of the previous pandemic a century ago, and they used Mother's Day to honor women in a very unusual manner. The French had lost 4% of their population in World War I, and even more during the pandemic that followed in 1918. So for Mother's Day of 1920, the government celebrated motherhood by giving out medals to women based upon how many children they had. No joke. Women with five children got a bronze. Ladies with eight children received the silver. And moms who had 10 or more received a gold medal. That reminds me a little bit about the church that I grew up in, a small church. Some of you have those experiences. And every Mother's Day, it was, it was the same drill. You know, we'd have these little corsages to give out to particular moms and start off with the youngest. And it was a small church. And so the same lady may get it three or four years in a row because we didn't have new babies coming in. And then there was the oldest mom. And unless she died, she got it every year. <laughs> unless somebody else came into the church. And occasionally, someone would be visiting and be like, oh man, a little competition here. <laughs> and then there would be the, the corsage for the woman who had the most. Of course, I grew up back in the late 60s, 70s. And and back then, families typically weren't, weren't as large, certainly not where I grew up. And, 
And so the lady that had four kids, I mean, she wrapped it up every single year. And none of the other ladies wanted to compete with her either. But, you know, instead of giving out a competitive medal or a cassage, we have a special necklace for each mom uh, today. And so, moms, if you would uh, honor us by letting us honor you, if all of our moms here, would you get up and make your way to the front, and we're going to pray for you, and we're going to give you a beautiful necklace. Kenny Vaughn uh, is a friend of mine, and he's generously opened up the opportunity for every mom in our room today to receive a beautiful necklace. And engraved on this necklace, uh, they're up here, and go ahead and grab one. Uh, this is not for you to shop for your mom or Mother's Day, but go ahead and get one of those little black pouches, each one of you. And, and you will find on there, it is engraved with 1 Corinthians 13.8. It's the shape of a heart. And y'all just stay down here so we can pray for you. It's amazing when ladies get up how noisy it gets. Just all the conversation. Yes, stay up here. We're going to pray for you. And I think many of you are familiar with Shields of Strength. Uh, Kenny started that ministry out of an experience in his own life. Most people in the Golden Triangle know about Shields of Strength. It's been used throughout the world, and the necklace that you have there was made by Shields of Strength and given by their generosity uh, for us to be able to share today. Do we have enough for everybody? We're all cleaned out over here. Any left over here? And if you don't get one, do me a favor. I didn't realize that we would have over 100 moms here today. Uh, if, if you would take a communication card, if you didn't get one as a mom, put your name on there, and we will make sure you get one this next week. Okay? Does that make sense? Make sure you fill one of these out, put your name on there, and we'll get that to you. So we want to pray for you. We are so grateful for each of you, the role that you play. God has gifted us with you. Never underestimate the role of a mom. Some of you are young moms, and so you know that you have a, you don't even know what a full night of rest is. Some of you are past that stage, and you still have a very important role. I really thought as parents, once our kids got up into college and beyond, we were kind of done. Um, and all the older parents are laughing now because they know that's not the case. It is a lifelong endeavor, privilege. And so we want to pray for you and thank you for, for what you do. So uh, how about if all the rest of us, mostly men out there, just let's kneel down and pray for these ladies. Lord, how we thank you for these women that stand before us, representing the very best of motherhood. Sacrificial gifts and time that they have given for each of their children. Lord, we know that, as it's been wisely stated, we can't be perfect. Not a single one, but there are a million ways that we can be good moms. And thank you for the millions of ways that these ladies have been good moms. Pray that you would continue to use them, that they would never doubt their influence in their kid's life. That you would continue to speak through them and to them and allow them to grow close to you, and stay connected to their family. Lord, we know some are in the midst of grief and sadness, and today's a heavy day. That you would lift them up and that they would know of your comfort 
and your sweet and tender care. God, we are so grateful for the gift of motherhood. May your favor be upon each one of these ladies, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Please don't be shy. If you didn't get one of those necklaces, fill out a card and leave it at the Connection Center when you leave today, and we will make sure. My apologies. I never would have dreamed we would have well over 100 uh, moms here today. They're much quieter going back to their seats. I'm just, that's a... Well, I hope that no matter how this day finds you, that we can spend a few minutes together and think of some ideas that would draw us into a deeper relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As the kids showed us just a few minutes ago in 2010, there was a movie called Tangle, and it's the story of Rapunzel, updated and revised by Disney, no doubt, with some great music in there. And as you recall, the song that they alluded to was Mother Knows Best. It's sung by the wicked stepmom, who's not even really the stepmom. She stole Rapunzel when she was just an infant and raised her as her own and isolated her in a tower that became her prison. And Rapunzel is desperately wanting to go out into the outside world. She, she knows that there's so much more to offer out there, and the wicked stepmother sings a song and ends with those words that she contends are right, and the song concludes with, Mother Knows Best. Well, having watched my mom all these years and seeing my wife, she has navigated motherhood and now watching our daughter raise her girls, I can attest that moms are usually, they usually know best. But from time to, from time, to time, they don't always get it right. But as men, we very carefully acknowledge that we are wrong far more than they ever are. We depend upon moms to give us guidance. And one of the hallmark phrases that has been integrated into our culture that is many times repeated by moms is, follow your heart. Several months ago, Michelle and I, my wife, we were trying to find some decent television to watch, and we stumbled on a show called When Calls the Heart. Seemed to kind of, don't, don't ruin it for us, we're only in the first couple of seasons, so if it goes off the rails, let me know. But seems to affirm wholesome values. And one of the phrases that they regularly use in the show is, follow your heart. Someone's looking for guidance, follow your heart. They're trying to make a decision, follow your heart. Even the name of the show seems to insinuate, when calls to heart, that if you follow your heart, it is a reliable path to happiness. So you should always follow your heart. But you know, the Bible doesn't affirm that advice. The advice that is given by many today. To the contrary, in Proverbs 7.25, it says that our heart is prone to stray and turn away in the wrong direction. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, it says the heart is deceitful above all things, wicked beyond our comprehension. In Matthew 15.19, Jesus said the heart is a source of, of evil. It comes from inside. The heart doesn't give us good intel. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its way ultimately leads to death. Just because something feels right doesn't mean 
it is right. One of the most vivid memories I have of our childhood vacations would be in the car with my parents, and my dad would drive. My dad often drove, but my mom certainly did her fair share of the driving. But when my dad was driving, he, he didn't like to look at maps. And I, I really should have brought a map today because so many of you don't even know what a map is. But this, is, this, was, this was like uh, hard copy GPS stuff, okay? And so my mom would be looking at the map, trying to give my dad some guidance along the way. And my mom was always, my mom was very confident. She was always very confident that we were headed in the right direction. But more times than I can remember, we would end up in the wrong place. And my dad would be fuming. And I still remember, I can picture my mom saying it to this day. She'd say, well, I thought this was the right way. Well, thankfully, we never died, like Proverbs 14:12 says, it leads to death. But we didn't always get to the right direction. And that's what happens when you follow your heart. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, Paul tells us that our conscience, which is oftentimes equated with a heart, meaning that, that what kind of drives us is kind of the control center of our lives, that our conscience isn't a reliable guide, and he should know. Because prior to his Damascus Road encounter with Jesus, Saul killed Christians by day, and he slept well at night. His conscience wasn't guiding him in the right direction. We go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, the perfect state in which there was no sin, and Eve followed her heart. She decided to look up an apple pie recipe. She clicked on a link that took her to the pioneer snake instead of the pioneer woman, and everything since then went south. Why? Because she followed her heart. And we can see from Scripture that the counsel is lovingly given, no malice intent ever of following your heart, is just not a reliable compass to happiness. So we ask the question, what, so what should we do? We'd like to believe that mothers know best, and honestly, they generally do, but we would all do better to follow a better compass, and that's the compass of God's Word. Let's go back to the wisdom that God gives us through Solomon, through the psalmist, and through the apostle Paul. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 3, Solomon tells us not to follow our heart, but to make our heart into a tablet on which we write God's commands. So rather than follow the heart, we give the heart direction. Rather than the heart giving us directions, we give it directions. That changes everything, doesn't it? We go over and we find that in, in, in uh, Psalm 119, verses 11, that we are to not only write God's word onto our heart, but to hide God's word in our heart. So as we place God's word on our heart, we keep it there and create a heart that will always be in tune with God. We'll never lose sight of who God is. And then we notice that Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, that, that we are to invite God, to invite Christ to dwell in our hearts. That means to invade our heart. The control center, that thing that we say we should follow, that Jesus Christ should invade the heart and pervade it to take every square inch. When Jesus declared that the greatest commandment of all is to love God with all of your heart, 
He knew that the only way we could ever do that is if we allowed him to dwell inside of our heart. Just two chapters earlier in that passage from Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, we're commanded to be filled with the Spirit of God. That means, again, that rather than being controlled by our heart, we are to allow God to control our heart. And when we do that, as the psalmist would say in Psalm 119.10, then we can seek him with all of our heart. So the Bible explains that if we want to move in the right direction, we must first of all make our heart a tablet on which we write God's commands, and then we hide his word in my heart where Jesus Christ dwells. Only then will we truly be able to follow our heart in the right direction. In 2018, an international audience was asked what they would write in a fortune cookie. You ever wonder who does those? I read years ago that there's like a handful of people that write all the fortunes for everyone throughout the world. Imagine what that job would be like. Some of you wanted to do that. You've opened a fortune cookie and said, I could do better than that. Well, in this particular opportunity, people wrote in, and Melanie Salava from Florida wrote with a winning, winning idea, your mother was right. So could you imagine? It's kind of funny, isn't it? We're, we, we say we're not superstitious, but once we're loaded up with all that MSG, we're kind of, we're kind of wondering if there's some divine guidance here that could change our life in that one slip of paper, and we open it up, and imagine that you're in a Chinese restaurant, and, and, and you're really wrestling with a decision, and you open it up, and it says, your mother was right. Well, the truth is, moms usually are right. But if we want an even better guidance system for our lives, we'll turn to God and his words. That's not any slight of moms whatsoever. I'm so thankful that moms are almost always right. But God's word is always right and dependable. Anna Jarvis was never married and never had children. But she built upon her mom's work to establish the day that we are celebrating right now, Mother's Day. She was continuing what her mom started back at the end of the Civil War. Ann Jarvis, opposite of her daughter, Anna, Ann Jarvis had 13 kids. She would have gotten the gold medal. And after the Civil War, she organized Mother's Friendship Day in West Virginia. And the reason was not to celebrate motherhood. The objective was, as a mom, she saw the animosity between the soldiers and their families of the Confederacy and the Union. And so she proposed a day when all the moms would come together. And her attempt was to dampen the animosity between the Union and the Confederacy. And she challenged them to not follow their heart. Because if they followed their heart, they would just all be imprisoned in hatred. But she was challenging with an alternative to seek God's word, follow his word, put his word on their heart, and to be reconciled through forgiveness. She knew that there's great power in the role of a mom. Florence Nightingale, the word is, the name is synonymous with those who give the very best of care, really revolutionized hospital care and transformed the field of nursing. At the age of 17, she sensed that God was calling her to a lifelong mission. And that mission ultimately changed the world. Prior to her reforms, most nurses drank heavily to cope with the trauma 
and the filth of the conditions in the hospitals. And they did very little to help patients. Nightingale worked tirelessly to help that, and she became known as a lady with the lamp because she would work arduously throughout the day, and then at night, she would walk through the wards with her lamp, checking on each of the patients. Her transformative work literally captured the attention of the world long before information was so widely disseminated like it is today. And when she was asked the secret of her success, Florence Nightingale responded, well, I can only give one explanation. That is, I have kept nothing back from God. What if today, on this Mother's Day, we as a people collectively said, God, I won't keep anything back from you, not even my heart. Rather than following my heart, I will give you my heart completely for you to write your word upon it so that your word will be hidden there, a place where you can dwell and you can give guidance and direction to my life that I will follow hard after you. Today is a very unique day in Mother's Day of 2022 with all the controversy that is swirling in our culture and society even now. We turn to Psalm 139 to be reminded of great truth that we as a people need to hear of how God has created us. He is the one who has given us life. It's not something that we can choose to do with as we please. We are his creation. If I were to create something, I wouldn't invite you to tear it apart. It's God's creation. And Psalm 139 ends with these powerful words. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me. Run a test on my heart to see if my heart is in the right direction. And he goes on to say, see if there's any offensive way. Friends, the Bible just told us that our heart is filled with offensive ways. It can't be trusted. And so we invite God to cleanse us of the offensive ways of our heart and to purify us and allow him to dwell there. Lead me in the way everlasting, he would say. Do you know the love of God? The love that has created each of us to have a relationship with him? God desires more than anything else to know you in the deepest of ways and for you to know him, not in a casual way, not like a convenience store, but to know him as God Almighty. The problem is, because of our sin, we are separated from God and we can't reconcile ourselves with God on our own and that's why Jesus came. Jesus said, apart from me, there is no way to be made right with God, but thankfully through Christ, we can be made right with God. All we have to do is to humbly repent of our sins, surrender our heart, our life completely to Jesus Christ, invite him to be Lord and Savior. If you've never done that, I can give you one guarantee today. That would be what your mom would want most. So if you've never received Christ, would you join me in this prayer? And for all the rest of us, let's just pray that we would surrender our heart completely to God. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have together to celebrate the beauty of motherhood, our moms, and to do that in the context of worship, knowing that we are best in any role in our lives when we follow hard after you. We recognize that maybe someone even in this room right now or someone listening online has never fully surrendered themselves to you. Their following of their own heart has not yielded the best of results, and they recognize today they want to follow after you. Might they voice a prayer similar to this, Lord Jesus, 
I recognize that I am a sinner in desperate need of your forgiveness. Please forgive me of all my sins and become the Lord and Savior of my life. I surrender to you all that I am and all that I have, and I will follow hard after you the remaining days of my one and only life. Lord, that last phrase resonates so deeply with those of us who have already committed our life to you. Have we fully surrendered our heart to you? Are we choosing to follow you more than the desires of our own heart? God, I pray that you would give us hearts to follow hard after you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If God has led you and you sense that he's guiding you to make a decision today, maybe to receive Christ, maybe you just prayed and invited Christ to become your Lord and Savior, and you want to take the next steps to better understand what that means, to see what it, it means to be baptized. Uh, we'd invite you to meet us at the Connection Center after the service out in the atrium, or I'll be standing at the cross during this last song, and, and we can talk and set up a time to visit, or we can pray. Maybe some of you would just like prayer. Maybe today is a hard day for you, and you want someone to just pray over you. I'm going to ask, ask our deacons of the month to stand in the back of each one of these aisles, you can go to one of the deacons and their wife or over to me by the cross. If God is leading you to make a decision, need somebody to stand with you and support you and pray for you, let's do that now as we sing this song of worship. Let's stand together.
God bless you. Have a great week. Happy Mother's Day, moms.